Welcome to the Bible Pause Devotional. A short pause to see what God has to say. Join Scott and take a Bible pause. Hello, my name is Scott and welcome to our podcast. We're going to pause and look at Psalm 2. Uh, psalm 2 is, is a beautiful psalm. It's a messianic psalm. And it divides itself into four different parts. So let's pause and read verses 1 through 3. Psalm 2, 1 through 3. Why do the nations rage? And the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. First, we hear a voice from the world. And that voice is a voice of defiance. They oppose God's authority. They reject God's law and they challenge God's right to rule over them. And in, in an attempt to assert their own self-will, they embrace vain, irrational uh, philosophies. They adopt wicked, twisted moral standards. Uh, they attack the foundations of a godly society. And we see that going on today. And they do this for one main reason, because they reject and refuse to believe in God and live in accordance with his law. They say they want to burst their bonds apart and cast their cords away from us. But the only bonds I know that God places on peace people are bonds of love, bonds of grace, bonds of mercy. But God spoils the world's happiness. The world thinks, thinks that God infringes on their freedom, that God spoils everything. And so, because of that, they live in fear. They live in hostility. They live in futility and hopelessness. And that's the world we live in today. It pause and think that Christians, uh, we were once the same way. Colossians 1, 21 through 22 says, And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So let's hear the next voice. The next voice is verses 4 through 6 of Psalms 2. He who sits in the heaven laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So the next voice we hear is the voice of God the Father. And we hear God the Father in derision. God shows his contempt for their rejection of him by sitting and just laughing at them. Their rebellions are so irrational, they're so absurd and so hopeless, and their efforts muster his holy scorn. Verse 4, the Lord holds them in derision. His only response to them is a 
deliberate show of utter contempt. God makes fun of them. He has no concern whatsoever for the pathetic efforts to overthrow him. Verse 5. He will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury. God speaks to the world with anger, but it's a righteous, holy wrath. Because God is perfectly holy, he can't ignore their rebellion against him. It's impossible. Verse 6. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Everything that the world is in a rage to prevent, God has already accomplished. Charles Spurgeon said one time, God's anointed is appointed and shall not be disappointed. God's will is done and all the rage of man cannot overthrow it. The answer of God to the world is a person in sending his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The next voice we hear is in verse 7 through verse 9. That reads, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage. And at the ends of the earth, your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. The next voice we hear is from God the Son. And the Son's voice is a son of devotion. Um, Jesus reveals his devotion to the Father's work, the Father's will, and the Father's work. He's devoted to the Father's will. In verse 8, still quoting the Father, he says, Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. And this is the Father's will, that the same wretched ones who rage against him in verse 1 would become the son's inheritance. And in order to assure this, God visits the Gentiles to call them uh, from a people for his name. And we see that in Acts 15, verse 14. And in order to do that, he first must redeem them. In order to do that, the son must first die on their behalf. So the son's devotion to the father's will is going to cost him his life. But he willingly pays that price. Listen to John chapter 10 verses 15 and 18 Jesus said I lay my life for the sheep I lay down my life no man take it from me but I lay it down on myself this command I have received of my father God's will involves redeeming the people who uh, he will give the son for an inheritance but the price of the redemption was the son's own life he willingly paid that price. Third, he was devoted to the Father's work. We see in verse 9, You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. He declares to the Father's enemies that we saw in verse 1 that they will be his inheritance, that he will rule over them with an iron scepter. And despite their frantic attempts to thwart the plan, his work will be to enforce the Father's rightful authority. We see that verse 9 is echoed in Revelation 2, 26-27, in Jesus' letter to the church at Thyatira. 
He makes this promise to the faithful believers. And that reads, The one who conquers and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. As when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And what a blessed promise this is. Jesus passes on his own legacy to the redeemed. He shares his birthright with us. That's what's included in the fact that we are joint heirs with him. And what an incredible blessing that is. The fourth and final voice that we hear is in verses 10 through 12. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Here we hear the voice of God the Holy Spirit. And the voice of God the Holy Spirit is a voice of decision. His voice says, be wise, be warned. In other words, he calls for them to think and to conform their intellects, conform their minds to the mind of God. In verse 11, he says, serve him with fear. That's a call for them to submit their wills to the will of God. And in verse 12, he says, kiss the son. That's a plea to bind their hearts to the heart of God. So the Holy Spirit calls for a full surrender of our intellect, our emotions, and our will. Jesus said the great commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So we hear that call, that voice from the Holy Spirit. But the alternative to that is total destruction. And the world bears the full responsibility for that if they continue in their rebellion. You see, the gospel both woos us and it warns us. Jesus is coming again with fury and wrath, and the only way to flee God's wrath is to take refuge in his mercy, provided in the gift of his Son. The Holy Spirit gives us the answer. He says, take refuge in him and his amazing mercy and grace. There is no refuge from him except the refuge that is found in him. The reign of Christ was established in eternity past by divine decree. It's part of the Son's birthright, growing out of the eternal counsel of the Godhead, and it cannot be changed, it cannot be overthrown. This is the work of the Father has given for the Son to do, and the Son is devoted to it. And those who he redeems, the ones who overcome, will share the very throne that they were once against. Pause and take a moment to consider where do you place your trust? Is your trust in the stupidity of man in their rebellion? 
Or is your trust in the sovereignty of God and the mercy, love and grace found in his son, our Lord Jesus Christ? May we live in a way that reflects God's righteousness and his grace. And may we honor our Lord Jesus Christ and lift up his holy name in all that we do. May God bless you and you have a great day. Brought to you by BibleBulldog.com Purveyors of antiquarian Bibles, theology books, and other Christian items. Also enjoy hundreds of podcasts and sermons while you visit BibleBulldog.com Visit BibleBulldog.com today.